Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power is uh, the Amazon Prime show being touted as one of the most expensive shows ever. Um, you know, this show cost half a billion dollars uh, to basically make. Um, really, I think it's mostly half of that money that they that they spent was getting the rights to uh, the films because they Amazon has the rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies only. They don't have the rights to the the Cimmerian, um or like the history of the Middle Age. Uh, only the appendices, as Sage was talking to me about uh, early on in the show, um, and things like that. They only kind of have uh, rights over the movies, uh, which is kind of funny when you kind of look at it because Warner Brothers they still have the lord of the rings movies on their platform on hbo max so it's like i don't know how that all works out of this they're allowed to do a show on amazon and everything like that but um yeah uh so but amazon's doing a show now with rings of power um which is set thousands and thousands of years uh, before the events of lord of the rings in the second uh age uh there of middle earth uh about kind of forging the rings of power as the show is titled um here you kind of follow uh gadriel who people uh know from the lord of the rings series which was played by kate blanchett um also you have another character from the original series from the original uh films uh, which were directed by peter jackson and when the token novels uh elrond who in the uh jackson films was played by uh hugo weaving um and then here i'm trying to I'll just find the actor's name who plays elrond here uh, a guy named Roy, uh, robert uh amoreo um who plays who plays young elrond here who coincidentally played a young eddard stark in game of thrones funny enough uh coincidentally enough oh i knew i recognized him i saw him from yeah. yeah okay okay yeah so yeah i thought at the time watching it i thought he was like that ward kid that was hanging out with bran throughout season five that like gets killed and then oh that kid that whole entire subplot oh yeah that kid oh yeah i could yeah i could kind of see that yeah, the, the, yeah the cowboy chess master from queen's gambit yeah yeah that guy yeah um, yeah, I could kind of see that a little bit, but, uh, yeah, so that's a funny little kind of coincidence there, uh, that he played at our Stark. Um, so you kind of have, kinda, you're following really kind of some familiar faces there, um, in this series. Um, but when this series kind of opens up, there's a lot of exposition in the first episode. Amazon dropped the first two episodes of this series and you'll get a lot of information kind of dumped on you in the first episode and a lot of kind of jumping around at different points because uh, it follows different groups of people. Um, I think they announced that there's going to be 22 series regulars um, in this show. So you're going to be following a lot of different characters. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of like Game of Thrones in a way of you got to remember a lot of different names and all this other stuff. So it's it's going to be big. Yeah. All right. I yeah. I take issue with that. And that when we get to the format, continue, John. I will. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna be following. They said before the 22 series regulars in this. Um. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot of kind of jumping around to kind of different uh, places. You know, following like you know dwarves, hardfoots, which are which never existed uh, in the second age. Uh, the hardfoots are kind of like in this are supposed to be the ancestors of the hobbits, uh, if I'm correct on that. Um, they're supposed to be there. Um, so I will say starting off with this show, um, the money is there. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's any exaggeration in saying that this is the best looking streaming show that you'll ever see. 
um, in your life, probably. And I, some critics were able to see it in the movie theater, uh, which I wish I had that experience of seeing it on a big screen um, because it, it does look really gorgeous. I think a lot of the, the scenery of it, the you know kind of look of it, a lot of the creatures of it um, do look really fantastic um, throughout the, the first two episodes. Um, but I kind of want to toss it around to some of you guys, get your kind of general thoughts and opinions on the two episodes. Uh, Sage, um, I'll start off with you. Uh, what did you think about, well, first, what did you think about the look of the show? You know, the look, it's interesting because I, I, I went back and forth. I thought that when we spent time with the elves or the Harfoots or the bigger kind of exposition moments, I, I thought that they actually captured the visual tone very well. Uh, but there was, there's, you know, there's a bit of time that we spend in more human populated areas. And I felt like the cinematography took a dip in certain places. Um, it, it looked really great at other times. And then there was just these moments where it kind of, Oh, that, that didn't look like as much time got spent on this. Hmm. Mm. And what were you kind of your thoughts on like seeing Gladriel and Elrond, you know, kind of like those two characters? You know, I like the idea. I, I, I think that, you know, if you're going to set it, story in this time period of this universe those are absolutely essential characters to have in there but it, it's it's having all the knowledge of the books and then for them to not have the rights to the Silmarillion and, and so so much of this is is totally original content that and I, I, I just I have a hard time reconciling those characters as the same as the same people that I know from the other stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, just as an example, this time period in the source material, uh, Galadriel is one of the Elden, the wisest. If she gives advice, the, the king will stop and go, let me reevaluate my last decision just based on the fact that she felt like she had something to say to me. And I di- I felt like they reduced the respect that the character should be given from her peers. I thought that was a that was one choice I found just a little bit odd with him. Hmm. Okay. And the kind of the warrior aspect of her, uh, because I've seen some people say like Tolkien had wrote, you know wrote that she was like a fierce warrior, but not necessarily maybe a like a warrior in the sense of like actually like wearing battle armor or carrying a sword. I uh, kind of wanted to get your opinion on that, on kind of the way. Yeah, I mean, in the source material, she is she's she's a she's a mage. I mean, the, the magic in Tolkien's universe isn't as simple as fireballs and lightning and all that. But there's a just to give an example, there is a, a scene in the Silmarillion, this big battle siege, and this big big castle all these walls around it and she just just with her magic pulls all the walls from this castle down as the army charges into the structure and and so she she is very powerful and she is badass it's just not in the same way that they're going Mm. okay and besides Gadriel and Elrond, who are the other? Are there any other characters here that are from other 
uh, you know, stories within the Lord of the Rings universe? Yeah. So uh, Celebrimbor is uh, brought up a little, a little bit later on into the episode. He is uh, a big figure in the Silmarillion, referenced lightly in the Silmarillion books. Uh, he also had a big, big role in the story of the Shadow of Mordor video games. So that's another property that went and did something that's not from the source material that exact. Um, his father was also more or less the same archetype and built the Silmarils, which are the jewels that take the place of the ring in the first days of the story. Mm. Okay. Uh, Nick, what were some of your thoughts uh, on the series mm. here? So, um, so I wasn't a big Lord of the Rings fan. I, I think to this day, I still haven't finished Return of the King. But for me, what I remember about those films, looking at this show, visually, it looks stunning. You can tell that every single dime that Jeff Bezos in, invested in this, which, let's be honest, is probably just about like, not even like 0.0001% of his wealth. It's all money well spent. Everything looks gorgeous. I think the effects, they look like they look like on the level of a blockbuster film. However, I was having this conversation earlier. I don't care how pretty your your film or your show looks. If I don't care about any of these characters, I don't give a shit. Mm. And I kind of feel like that with this show. And and um, Sage, speaking to you about how, you know, rights are messy with the Lord of the Rings franchise, how yeah. they don't have access to certain stories from the books that I feel like would have been much more compelling. Just off the strength of these two episodes, it feels like we're not getting the characters from the books with uh, Galadriel and uh, Elrond. We're getting impressions of them and we're getting impressions of them written by people that didn't really understand what made those characters as intriguing as they are. Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, like watching the show, I think, you know, I've seen some people say, you know, echo some of the statements that Nick said, uh, that it being as gorgeous as it is, but struggling to kind of connect with some of the characters. Um, I think with these kind of first two episodes, I think, like I said, with the first episode, a lot of stuff that gets dumped on you, a lot of trying to do exposition, a lot of trying to set up this world, uh, and everything like that. Um, and, oh, I can't hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, yeah, I think you, something's off with your mic there a little bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think some of the stuff, um, uh, with the, sh with the series, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I hear that some people say that it is visually stunning, but struggling to kind of connect with some of the characters, uh, here, and I think, like you said, the first episode, a lot of exposition, but, uh, I think, so that's part of maybe, I think, some of the reason why, um, but I am interested to see Galadriel, I think, her journey, um, especially what sets up her story of hunting down, uh, Saruman, who killed her brother, and kind of taking up his mission, uh, I think is somewhat interesting, and then kind of seeing her kind of journey, and then also the kind of one of the mysteries of this show is, um, is Saruman 
like he's kind of hiding in disguise and it's almost like you know kind of what you're going to revealed of you know who is he supposed to be um is you know is he possibly the stranger that comes like this meteor that comes down to earth and this kind of tallish you know oldish man which are some people speculate which is gandalf uh, is that what you're kind of speculating sage that that guy is gandalf or uh, well, in, it's interesting because if we were following the lore at, exactly as it's written, Gandalf does not exist in Middle Earth until the Third Age. All of the wizards are kind of sent out right then to watch over and keep an eye out for Sauron's return post the battle that makes the prologue of Fellowship. So if it is him, that and, and there are definitely things that point in that direction. Uh, that is uh, well, one of the biggest places that they would be going, kind of way the established established canon. There well, is certain well, they, writings where the blue wizards. There are these two other wizards. They don't even have names. They're just vaguely referenced, and they appeared in the second age. So it could be connecting to that. But Gandalf seems more likely due to the brand recognition. Mm. yeah yeah that that's kind of where i'm leaning at too also you know the entire ethos of the show they made it without having access to some of the best extended lore what do you think that bezos is gonna do Mm. um and then when what's the producer gonna do (laughs) yeah and then so in In, the oh in in the in just to circle back to your uh, critique about these first two episodes it, it it is 90% 90% exposition, but a counter to that, so was most of the first act of, of Fellowship of the Ring, the, the film version of it. But what Peter Jackson was able to do with that was he was able to visually convey it and show characters that were interesting and were compelling, were played by Oscar and BAFTA caliber actors. And he made like hundreds of pages of exposition and condensed it down to like a twenty-minute prologue in Fellowship. Mm. The film it has similar notes to it, where we're shown a lot of those early battles with Morgoth. But by this point, I don't know who any of these people are besides Galadriel. So, do you think? It's just because you mentioned with kind of Lord of the Rings, you kind of have the general sense of because you know a lot of the actors. Like, you know Viggo Mortensen. You know Kate Blanchett. Like, really, there's no real big name here, acting-wise, that you can really point to uh, in this which, series. Which, which, which wouldn't be a problem because, you know, there's there's plenty of stuff that I like that doesn't have a lot of recognizable people. I, I just don't think that these actors are strong enough to carry this to 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 care I, I don't think the acting talent is is on par with anything that was in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm. Okay. Uh so what do you think about the performances uh across the board here and all the different kind of people that we see? We see elves, we see the dwarves, we see the hardfoots. Um what kind of did you think about all the kind of the different storylines that you we, we kind of see throughout these first two episodes? Yeah, well, I you know, to speak to the performances, I, I I'm pretty much the same page. I think there's just a lack of magnetism going on and you know so many of the you know just even mckellen just as one example the way he acts with his eyes and kind of draws you into what he's talking about there's just no one that 
I feel, oh, this person's talking. I really am interested in what this. I just I haven't had that moment yet where they they just are capturing my attention. Um, as for the story arcs that we see, I think one of my biggest criticisms right off the bat is you just talked about it a little bit, but the exposition, especially at the beginning, info. If you had no exposure to this universe and then sat down to watch the Lord of the Rings after the first 12 minutes, you know, who Sauron is, you know, what the ring is, you have a pretty basic idea of the state of the world. And if you had no prior experience with this franchise or universe and you watched this, would you know who Morgoth actually is? What that threat was? Would you know what a Silmaril is? Like it, it Mm. doesn't, really sell like it, it wants to be viewed as its own thing but i feel like it doesn't do enough legwork to actually sell any of these stories that it is then dovetailing into which to be honest they all kind of feel like relatively generic fantasy narratives in nothing so specific as to actually belong within that universe mm, okay um and with kind of some of the kind of stuff you mentioned at the beginning of like them trying to set up all this, do you think that, let's say if a person never, like you say, if they never watched any of the Lord of the Rings movies, you don't think a person, this would catch a person's eye or a person's attention enough to continue to watch these episodes? Because there's eight episodes of this season one. Um, do you think these first two episodes do enough good of enough job to go like, okay, maybe I have enough here to continue more to see how it finishes? There's, there's a part of me that feels like my, my perspective is it might just be so skewed to because I know the lore so well that it's it's hard to imagine. But I, I could see one way in which, yes, because you don't know the ways in which it's diverting, and that, that can be a great benefit to go into. But at the same time, with none of the performances really connecting with me i i can't help but wonder that if, if you didn't care about this mythology i mean i don't see a whole lot of reason fresh reasons being given to start caring mm. okay um it's interesting i think for me um i see you know i hear kind of a lot of things you guys are saying and i'm seeing some of that you know kind of people talk about of like yeah you know I don't think the characters really hook you um, as much as they should. Um, and in comparison to like House of the Dragon, um, which is the other big fantasy show on TV right now. And maybe it's because, I don't know, maybe it's because Game of Thrones Game of Thrones is fresh on my memory right now, being the eight seasons and then with this. With that show, I think what I really remarked about the first uh, episode of that was how it does really introduce you to the characters and introduces everybody's motivation in a, in a you know kind of interesting way. Um, but you know, Game of Thrones is still, it's not maybe as dense as, as Lord of the Rings is, you know, there isn't all this mythology that kind of comes with it. Um, you know, if, if, you know, maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm being disrespectful in Game of Thrones in that matter of saying that, but, you know, it just seems like, I think with that, with House of the Dragon, it's like, okay, everybody wants the Iron Throne. That's the main goal. That's the main objective. Um, and I think you don't really have to watch much of Game of Thrones or to, I think if you watch the first episode of House of the Dragon without seeing any of the rest of Game of Thrones or have never seen it, I think you're able to get that general sense and get everybody's general, you know, kind of motivation here. And you do have a big standout character in that, in Matt Smith as Damien Targaryen, who, you know, he's 
got the coolness. He's got the swagger. You know, you understand his kind of motivations and the complexities of his character. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's a thing that immediately watching these first two episodes of, of Rings of Power, my mind immediately went back to House of the Dragons, where in one episode of that show, we're introduced to all of these characters. We get a good sense of everyone's motivation we get a little bit of expectation subversion just with the character of uh, Damon Targaryen. We expect him to be the heavy and the villain of the show where he has a much softer side than what we're led to believe. And here, gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what anyone's motivation on Rings of Power is besides Galadriel, which is hunt down Sauron. Hmm. Yeah. Sage, uh, have you, uh, you've seen some House of the Dragon, right? I've seen some trailers. I, I have not actually watched the show itself at all, though. Okay. All right. Um, mm. So what kind of was some big positives for you, Sage, with this Rings of Power first two episodes? Prosthetic orcs. Mm. That, that, that jumps to my mind. The orcs are people in prosthetics and makeup. They are not CGI like they were in the Hobbit trilogy. I, I will give it a that costuming. I will give an A plus. I think that was handled very well. I think a lot of the sets look really good. The green, the the green screen, which I did think was noticeable in the trailer, in the same shot seeing in the actual show, to me looked like a almost like they passed another five renders. I thought it the quality of the effects and the visual tone um, are excellent. I also I I really really liked the. Now, I will say the music I didn't think was particularly memorable, but I liked the visual of the opening credits. And it's another thing where if you don't already know the Lord of the Rings or that universe, I, I don't know if it would mean anything. Hmm. But the, the creation myth is that the gods sing the world into existence. They use, create matter out of sound waves. It's all about music. And uh, the vibration moving the particles into different shapes on screen. I, I believe it was actually meant to be an animated retelling of the creation myth of the universe. So that was an interesting creative choice. Hmm. Okay. So mainly with you, it's they got the aesthetic, the visuals, you know, the costuming. They got all that stuff down correctly. I think for the most part, that was pretty well done. Hmm. It's just the story itself you're not interested in the story not not very much i mean i think you know some of the changes that they've made aren't even entirely based on not having the rights because galadriel's you know motivation as a character in the silmarillion is the same motivation she has in the trilogy and that still contradicts what we know about her even just in the thing that they do have the rights uh, in the in the book, Galadriel is not allowed to return home because she committed the great sin of wanting to lord and rule over other peoples and to rule a kingdom. That's the reason she is not allowed to come back. And her rejecting the ring in fellowship is her rejecting the sin of her desire and that's what makes her exile and and in the show i i can't really see like is is she 
they haven't even brought up the idea of exile. Um, the elves, they leave their home at the beginning to chase Sauron for no real reason other than to be altruistic, you know, heroes and fight the bad guy. But, you know, it's just even in the trilogy, then, it's not even, being more and not even And then not even five minutes into the show's time, after like one encounter with a like ice troll, they say, yeah, fuck this. We're going home. Hmm. Yeah, if the journey had actually been shown to us, the searching and the the travel of that, that that perhaps could have held my interest a little. But you're right, we skip to the end of it. What probably is the most interesting concept that they had working. But mm. and what did you think about the battle sequence with the snow troll? You know. I will. I, I say that I think it looked really good. I do think some of the creature effects was where the CGI was a little more noticeable to me. Uh, the backgrounds I thought consistently looked good. The vistas, the you know, all the environments. But there's the troll. There's also a shot with a, like a wolf creature a little later on, and I, I thought both of those those still looked a little like for as big as the budget is. I thought those looked a little underwhelming hmm. okay uh nick what were some big positives for you um uh, the visual effects look really good and like uh sage was saying going back to practical orcs after you know the disappointment excuse me the full cg treatment they got in the hot Uh, you're out again. Uh, yeah. Kind of out again there. Huh. Interesting. All right, hold up. I'm, I'm going to restart my computer real quick. I'll come. Okay. Um, yeah, I think for me, I think some big positive. Obviously, we've been talking about the visuals a lot. Uh, kind of the look of it. I think, yeah, that's, go that's gorgeous. That's great. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, is character wise, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with it to see kind of some more episodes. Um, I, yeah, I'm not fully hooked on the characters. I do like Gadriel though. Um, I do, I do like her. Um, she, and the, the actress who plays her, um, and her name is, uh, let me see here. I'm going to try to pull up her name real quick. Uh, Moifred Clark, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Um, she actually kind of looks a little bit like a young Kate Blanchett a little bit to me. Uh, just a tad bit. Um, and so that kind of a little bit kind of hooked me there. Um, and to kind of see her journey there and to see kind of where, you know, she'll kind of end up does intrigue me to a degree. Um, and also, did you think the show kind of had an issue with it kind of it bouncing around to kind of all these different places? Do you think that kind of made it kind of confusing a little bit or maybe you should have they should have just stuck mainly with a few instead of. Uh, maybe one or two instead of maybe bouncing around as to as many places as they did, do you think? I definitely think so, especially when you're first starting out. I don't think you need to introduce every one of the plot lines kind of right off the bat. Maybe, you know, save a couple for episodes two and three and kind of layer them in slowly. Mm -hmm. I do feel like they jumped and just kind of went for so much at once. Um, you know, I also have a hard time with the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit stories are 
they are what they are because they are meant to be the only time in the history of this universe that hobbits did anything of historical significance. So not that we can't, you know, see hobbits in this, but I do feel like it, it feels a bit out of place to then again, probably for brand's sake, uh, kind of include a whole storyline about the you know, proto hobbits when, you know, the, the whole point is that they have this one significant moment and they never really matter in a larger context outside of that. Mm. And, and now it, it, it takes away from, I think the specialness of that journey just a little bit, because it is, it, it, this is the one thing they did and they have this amazing thing and that's it. And I don't know. It just seems like an odd choice to spend so much time. Mm. Okay. And the kind of the mystery of who the stranger is that comes from, you know, kind of just, you know, comes to earth in like this meteor fashion that kind of just gets sent to earth. Um, I mean, what are your kind of theories behind that? I mean, because, I mean, you said it may be it's possibly Gandalf. That's what you're kind of thinking it is. But um, do you just think it's something in connection to Saruman or... I think, I, I, well, the, you have a couple of potential choices. Um, in the Silmarillion, and, and very, again, very lightly referenced in the appendices in the trilogy, but there are two other wizards that we never get the names of, and it's not even really described how they arrive in Middle-earth or exactly the circumstances, but there, there are these two other wizards that, you know, they could. That could be uh, a, a little detail they decided to run away with. It could just be Gandalf, which, again, that feels like the, you know, the brand recognition producer choice. Mm -hmm. um, what I what I would applaud as at least as a bit of a riskier thing would be. Maybe if that was a villain, that was a character, you know, he's, he, maybe he turns out not to be so innocent and and kind as, as something like Gandalf would be. But. Yeah. Do you think that's what they'll do with the... Uh, oh, yeah. Nick, go ahead. No. My back. Okay. I kind of hear you a little bit. Say something. Okay. Am I back now? Yeah. Yeah. I can't hear right, you. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so do you think they'll do that with the character, like the stranger that... Um, Gladriel meets when she was kind of on that boat. Do you think they'll do that? What they, like he'll turn out to be like a bad guy, or you know, I would. God, that character. I, I'll be honest. He left so little impression on me <laughs> that I did not get a sense of, of whether he'd be good or bad because he felt so. He felt like a shady character you'd come across in Game of Thrones, and not at all the kind of person you'd run into traveling this world. Oh, mm. so he was pretty much just a character on Game of Thrones. Uh, he did kind of uh, look a little bit like that guy that's actually in House of the Dragon, the one that was like given the flower, like he got the flower from uh, the uh, the main girl, the Targaryen girl. Like he did kind of, I don't know, he did kind of maybe look like that dude a little bit. Wait, wait, the, wait the dude that... Um... Were you talking about the dude that uh, dueled uh, Damon Targaryen yeah. in the first episode? Or you... Oh. Yeah. Really? I don't know. 
I don't know. I literally just watched the episode and I do not see that resemblance, dude. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I think all kind of white guys with beards and quaffed hair kind of look alike. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Many do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. But uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of somewhat interested in that relationship to see kind of where it goes. Gladriel and him, I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. I'm interested to see what the stranger with the hardfoots kind of goes. Um I think uh, the other kind of storyline, what, what, what's kind of, um, I forgot to mention the storyline that's going on with the elf, uh, with the bow and arrow um, that went to the town, oh, yeah. like uh, the one that's kind of like, there's like this uh, hatred kind of going on between the humans and elves. Uh, what did you all think of that storyline? <laughs> uh, the same. I, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to judge the actors too harshly because mm-hmm. some of these actors could be great and just have yeah, no material to yeah, back if, up. Yeah, if if Twilight proved anything, well, in retrospect, you could be one of the greatest actors in the world, but if you're given shit material, there is only so much you can do. Mm. Absolutely. But mm. I, I will, I have to say that that elf character, I, I could just fall asleep any time he was on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, left no impression on you, huh? Uh, uh. The romance subplot of that story also gave me flashbacks to The Hobbit. Like where they are, it just feels this like this unnecessary side romance that it, we're just stopping the whole thing just to have mm. this little love story kind of flow in and out, and it, it just doesn't seem to fit with anything else that's going on. Yeah, it it feels ridiculously forced in a story that doesn't really call for it. Mm. Uh, and this is the one part of the show, and I was saying I, I think visually it looks g- pretty good in most places. The one spot where I thought the cinematography did not look as good was that story. And I, I felt like I was watching a totally different show. The color schemes, the towns. I mean, you know, if you think, like, say, the Prancing Tony in the they go to in Fellowship, it's dirtier and, and a little grungy compared to the Shire and all the bright, colorful uh, environment of that. But it, it doesn't feel so dark and oppressive. It still felt there was a warmness to it. It still felt like a an inn in a town of people that do have a community. Whereas this, this really felt like more of a game of Thrones pub where it's just dark and gross. and you dirty. Know, Nobody I, there I, wants I, to be around. Each I won't other. even, I won't even insult game of Thrones like that. It felt like a witcher set at that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Good point. Good point. Uh, mm, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, thank you, uh, Terry Thompson. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Um, uh, Doggett zero uh, eight, and also what's up, puppet? Right. He he commented in the chat. They actually cut one episode so Bezos could use the money to go to space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder if they can you know wrap this up and tell the story in within eight episodes. Um, and if enough people watch it, it'll even get a second season because they invested a lot of money in this. Uh, this is a lot of money that they put into this show and putting in getting the rights of Lord of the Rings, everything like that. Um, so, yeah, um, I wonder, cause they don't release the numbers. I wonder how many people did watch these first two episodes. I wonder, uh, I know they don't release the stream numbers, but I am curious about that. Um, but yeah, um, 
So uh, I guess we'll give our final thoughts and give a rating uh, here. Um, am I interested to see a little bit more from this and to see kind of where it goes? Uh, I think I am. Um, I think, it, you know, I think I am kind of interested to see where kind of some of these elements going to see it kind of all wrap up. Um, right now, if I'd say, if you'd say which was the better fantasy show that you should maybe be watching right now, I think House of the Dragon would probably be a better option for you to watch right yeah. now. Yeah, if you're going to offer me a fantasy show at this point in time, I'm just going to say, give me that hot D. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, that would be probably better there. Uh, but I mean, there's, I think there's still some good elements about this show. Like I said, it is stunning. It is, I mean, there's some great shots, even in the beginning when they do the opening, uh, they show like the big battle there. There's some shots and stuff that looks fantastic. There's some of the scenery that looks really great. Um, I think I can see some, you could do some great things with these characters. Um, you know, continue, you know, maybe they'll will in these, uh, these last six episodes. Um, yeah. Um, so but for me right now, it's just a. It, I think it's just fine. It's just okay for me right now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would kind of give it a just a stream it for right now. If I had to kind of give it a rating right now, not a very strong tune in or low tune in, just kind of a stream it for me right now. Uh, Sage, what kind of your thoughts? So is it is it as bad as you thought it was going to be? Yes. You know, I had lower. I definitely expected worse, uh, just based on them not having the rights to the material. It, it, it did surprise me in some small ways, but I just feel like there are so many holes and so many places where there's pieces uh, that I see that could work, but they don't link together properly. I, I'm honestly, I think the show for me ended up in its worst possible option because if it was just absolutely horrendous, there might be some unintentional humor you know, it might be there might be some comedy to to mine out of it, but I feel like it is just it's better than that, but it leads it to being a little more of a snooze fest, just a little more tedious to sit through. At least if it was terrible, I don't know. You could roast it, but mm. uh, Nick, for me, I'm at a straight up skip it out off the strength of these two episodes. we were talking that you know this came out so close to house of the dragon which i i think is you know hit the ground running off of the strength of its first two episodes and here two episodes have gone by and i still have no idea what the fuck is going on (laughs) as far as like any of these characters motivations any of these uh people subplots stuff has happened and it's looked really good but none of these characters or these uh, actors' performances have grabbed me in the same way that House of the Dragon has. And, you know, just now, this month has been really good for television. It was like House of the Dragons is really good. Harley Quinn is fucking excellent. Uh, She-Hulk, I've really been enjoying. And we're about to get, um, we're about to get uh, Cassie and Andor on uh, Disney+. And... When you have to compete with this much good to great genre television, you can't just come out the gate with a snooze fest like this. You have to grab an audience. So I'm going to skip it. Okay. Huh. I think it's better than She-Hulk. I think I think it's better than She-Hulk, but uh, that's just me, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, so that was Rings of Power.